This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Morning Breath does start right now. Welcome to the program. We are so glad you have joined us for a drive-time devotion that is sure to jumpstart your day. This is Mark Cook, and I'm sitting in here uh, in the studio this morning with uh, my good friend and co-host, Chris Johnson. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you doing, Mark? Good, man. It's great awesome. to be doing the show with you again. It's an honor, man. I love doing this Second with time you. a few weeks in a yeah, row. Yeah, man. Yeah. We should do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> You're in, we're in here with Nick. How are you doing this morning, Nick? Hey, I'm Nick doing is, good. He's making it happen over there with his fancy blue headphones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, awesome. you only get those when you get promoted to a uh, producer. Yep. Yeah. Those are the producer some. phone. Producer yeah. blue. That's the new color. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Looking sharp. We're so glad you've joined us. We are going to be uh, getting into the Word of God today. That's what Morning Breath's all about. It's we get in the Word of God with you. We want to do it together. We want to do the Word of God uh, with you as a church, uh, as just people coming together to, to worship and to understand what God is saying to us through His living Word. And so we are in Genesis chapter 2 today. Uh, we, we usually uh, will go through a whole book at a time. Sometimes we'll not do the whole thing. I don't know yet if we're doing all of Genesis. That's going to be a long run if we that are. It's going to be a long run. I <laughs> Typically, I used to make the chapters, and yeah. so I handed off that responsibility to who the person who does it now. And we would generally get a few chapters of Genesis in, and then switch and books. Then switch so over. it's probably yeah. what's going to happen. Probably I didn't won't be ahead yet. Probably won't be the whole run, but uh, we can find out where we're going to be if you want to know. Yes, that's tell a them perfect how. segue. <laughs> I see how you set me up there. Good alley oop. Um, if you do want to know what chapters we're going to be in, there's a couple great ways for you to do that. You can check out our app, our East Coast app, uh, on your device. Also, go to our website, eccc.us, um, or you can call us at 321-452-1060. We also have a podcast on the iTunes store. So anyway, a lot of information you could track with Morning Breath, see the chapters we're going to be at, go back and listen to the recorded broadcast. Maybe there's a certain chapter that um, really spoke to you or that you want to dive into and you can kind of hear a little bit more of a um, spontaneous commentary. Anyway, all that stuff's available to you and we'd love for you to know where we're going to be. I like how you put that spontaneous commentary because what we do is we read the chapter we read it the night before, we read it the morning of, and then we come on the air and we read the chapter on the air. It's a great way. I hear people a lot of times, a common thing is, um, you know, I don't really know how to read my Bible. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do when it comes to reading my Bible. I mean, if you get on Morning Breath with us, we'll read your Bible with you. Yeah. And then we'll, and then we'll, like you said, we'll give it that that live commentary, you know, spontaneous. What's the Holy Spirit saying right now? And we'll just talk about the chapter of the Bible. And man, it's so life giving. It can really help you get get uh, not only be. I don't want it to come across the wrong way if I say training wheels. If you if you're not good at reading your Bible and you haven't learned that yet, it can be the training wheels. But then once the training wheels come off, it doesn't really look any different. Yeah, you're just able to do it on your own without yes. you know. But doing it with in tandem with people is so helpful and so it's so much fun. So we also got things going on at East Coast Christian Center. We got family fun night coming up on uh, the Yee-hoo. 31st today two days the, from today yeah today being the 29th I don't think I said that uh, so today's Wednesday the 29th so on the 30 no today's Tuesday I'm Tuesday. normally on on Wednesday uh, that's why we got I, you all out of your why I dropped today. that on there today's <laughs> I'm like wait a minute today can't be Wednesday and tomorrow will be Thursday uh, I mean Tuesday so the 31st we want to see you bring your kids to family fun night it's a safe environment but a lot of fun for your kids and uh, we'll load them up with candy and then send you back home with them, and you get to deal with all the aftermath. But it'll be a great time for them and for your family, so make sure you come. It's from 6.30 to 8.30 here at our Merritt Island campus. Yes. Also, we've got First Wednesday coming up. That's next week, November 6th, and man, these are great nights. As a church, uh, we welcome you. If you're part of East Coast, man, make sure that you come together on these nights. It's kind of like our monthly family reunion. 
you know, where we get all of the locations and campuses together and we just gather and we worship. If you're not part of East Coast, come anyway. You're part of the family. We would love to worship with you, love to gather. Maybe you don't have a Wednesday night service and it's just a night where you want to come out and, and express your thanks and your worship to the Lord. We're going to have food trucks out front for a little while before the service starts, so from 530 to 7. And then we're going to have a just an extended time of worship. And then we're actually going to have guest speaker Pastor Todd Mullins um, down from South Florida. Incredible man of God, preacher, communicator. It's going to be a fun time. Super looking forward to that. So we'd love to see you there at the first Wednesday service, November 6th. Yeah, you guys need to join us. And we're going to jump into the Word. We're in Genesis chapter 2. I'm reading from the New King James, Brother Chris. What do you got over there? New Living. New Living. I know you're always going to bring something fresh. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> uh, let's see. How many? We got 25 verses. Yeah, we so, think 12. Uh, 12. 12's got a period right at the end of the sentence, so that, that works. Um, uh, Moses wasn't like Paul. He used more periods. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Paul yeah. just commas and just kept going. Very loquacious. That's yeah. why somebody <laughs> fell asleep while he was talking. <laughs> Where's the period? He's just going and going. <laughs> When's he going to stop? Oh, that's fun. Come up for here, Paul. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, I was thinking about... Let's see. Where was all those hard words? I was going to give those to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take one for the team. You talking about Gihon and Pishon and yeah. all that stuff? Well, that's in the second half. Yeah. Okay, that's right at the break. Yeah. All right. So I'll read through uh, twelve, and then you pick it up from thirteen to twenty-five. Yes, sir. All right. I say unto you, read, sir. Genesis chapter two. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to, the, to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx are there. And the second branch, verse 13, called the Gihon, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch, called the Tigris, flowed east of the land of Ashur. And the fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat of the tr fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one of them. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. And so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out of the man's ribs one of the ribs and closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman, because she was taken from man. 
This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Amen. Oh, nice. No, just I, I was trying to give you the hard words, and your 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 uh, version of the Bible cheated on me. It said, I saw that <laughs> in, in the New King James, uh, in verse fourteen, it's the Hidekel or Hidekel. I don't know how you would say that. Yes. And, and it's the Tigris. Yeah, the Tigris. Yeah, they translated it for us. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let's not make these let's, people have to yeah. pronounce that. So there, there we go. So uh, we were chatting just a little bit before the show started. Uh, toward the end of this chapter here, we're looking at things about about the the man and the woman and the 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 uniting, the becoming of one, and uh, that's definitely something that I was looking at and thinking about too. What were you saying as we were getting into the show? You know, um, it's fun because this is relevant to all of us. Um, we we were talking a little bit. I, I remember one time I was doing premarital counseling for a couple, and this is kind of where we were going with this at the beginning of the program. It's kind of almost helping set the pace for this, but. This young couple was basically really struggling in their marriage to connect. And, you know, in that session, we kind of uncovered that the biggest reason was because the, the parents of the bride were greatly interfering with the decisions that they were trying to make. Um, you know, this is how you need to spend your money. This is what you need to do with your time. These are the traditions of our family that you need to continue to uphold. Etc. Etc. Like it really heavy-handed, and, and honestly, the word that you said was perfect: meddling. Mm. Um, not not trying to mentor, but really more meddling. Like it's got to be this way, and if it doesn't, you you will receive my disapproval, yeah. and you will also lose my support. Right? You forget about me helping watch kids and do all the things. Like it's just going to be this way. Now, this is obviously the extremity of an example, but. You know, something we came to in that session was, okay, and your marriage is, str- is struggling right now, right? Yeah, okay. Well, let's look at Scripture for this for a second, because in, in this verse, it actually says to us, um, in verse 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, or leaving and cleaving. And I said, it's really hard to cleave if you don't leave. And this, this word leave in the Hebrew literally means to forsake. It's a really strong word. Um, and this isn't to say we say, hey, mom and dad, you are no longer of value in our lives. This is, you know, peace out. We don't, we don't need you anymore. Thanks. We'll take it from here. But there is something to be said for, okay, this was what we grew up under, but now we've got to figure out the path that we're called to take now as a family. Now yep. I'm the head. There's literally yes. been a transfer. You know, when you and I officiate weddings, we see the father walk the bride down, and there's Many a transfer who gives this bride in marriage. Yeah. That is scriptural for an actual leaving of the father, mother, and a cleaving to the new union of marriage. And you know what? A lot of times marriages suffer because there's not a full leaving. You know, there's still a great dependency or even a codependency upon relationship to parents instead of let's work together as a partnership and be a court of three strands, according to Ecclesiastes 4, and get God as the CEO of our marriage, not mom and dad or in-laws or all these other people, and let's let God be the CEO of this new union, this brand new thing that he just joined together at this altar, at this wedding ceremony, and figure out what we're called to do. Do we still lean upon the wisdom? There's safety in a multitude of counselors. Do we still honor our father and mother? Yes. But there has to be a bit of a forsaking, a bit of, okay, cool. Now let's figure out we're leaving that. We're going to cleave to one another and to what the Lord has for us as a family. And man, I'll tell you, as soon as this couple started doing that and kind of setting some boundaries, they just needed to set some boundaries and say, we love you. We're for you. This isn't personal. But 
we have to be in charge of where God's called us to go as a family now. And man, things started to shape up for them. And yeah. I think it's important that we know that. Absolutely. It makes a tremendous difference. Um, and one of the things that we kind of talked about was, you know, we're not in the in-law seat yet. You know, yes. our kids aren't <laughs> quite there. They're getting close. But I want to have the grace to to make sure that I'm not that in-law. That can happen from both sides. And the example you're giving, it was on the side of the bride. It's very common for it to happen on the side of the groom as well. You have yep. a controlling, a lot of times it could be a controlling mother yep. who doesn't want to release her son. Uh, those kind of things happen. And, and so you've got all these different dynamics, but really uh, speaking to parents uh, who have kids that have grown and they're now looking to, uh, you know, be married or they've they've gotten married and they're they're early on in their marriage. Parents, you really need to give them the space to let them hear the voice of God in their lives. Yeah. That's part of what our job is as parents is to raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Bible says that if we train them up in the way that they should go, then when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So we need to trust that the Word of God yes. is, is 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 active in their lives and let them learn. Uh, let them take out. Remember when you were married. Did you want an overbearing in-law? Yeah. No. So somehow we forget that, and (laughs) then our kids grow up, and we become the overbearing in-laws. And I'm telling you, um, no one wants to be that in-law, so I want to just encourage you to to release your kids and trust God. And you made a great point, uh, Pastor Chris. You said that there's a a transfer of authority. Yeah. Um, You know, Paul talks about the the, the man and the woman. He never says anything about in-laws. Paul says that the the man is the head of the home, the head of every man is Christ, and the head of Christ is God. That's the order. Yep. The in-laws never get mentioned in that. Come on. So that that needs we need to mind that and really believe what the word of god says pray if you want to influence your kids marriage for the good you need to be praying for them. Pray yeah. for them. Pray for pray for your your in-law, the you know daughter or son-in-law, whichever side of that you're on. Pray. Just be in prayer consistently. Lift them up in prayer. Uh, that will avail much. Yes. You know. That. I love that. You know. And I think about. I, I feel like I hit the in-law lottery. I just want to. Yeah. Just me too. Share for a moment. I know you feel the same way, because you think about my wife's parents. Um, they honored the godly flow of authority. You know, Ray Goolsby is like, you know, this amazing dad, amazing father, um, big shoes to fill. I watched the way that he lived his life, and now I'm going to step in. And I'm like, wow, Leanne has had quite an example for all of her life. But you know all he's ever done is is honestly to honor me, to empower me, to encourage me. And, and I'll, I'll say a word here. He's actually submitted to me mm-hmm. and to my leadership over what was formerly his responsibility, and then he transferred yeah. it to me. He's actually been in submission to, you're her husband, you're the head, and I'm actually submitting to your ministry and your authority in her life. How can I help you? Yeah. I'm in service to the mission, and that's what the word submission, underneath, on a mission. I'm going to get underneath you, Chris, and I'm going to push you up for the mission that God has called you to love your wife well and lead your family well. And I'm telling you what, my mother and father-in-law have done that incredibly. Yeah. And that's that's a dream. And so let's not, you know, we don't want to just talk about what not to do, but there's a picture of what we could do as in-laws. And I want to be that kind of father-in-law to my to my children's spouses in the future. And so, man, if, if maybe today you're, you're kind of going, you know what, I feel like I might need to be a little bit less handsy on this, you know, a little bit less like the guy from meet the parents, yeah. you know, where I'm making you get into the Burns family circle of trust and jump through all the hoops and you don't do it my way. You're not going to get my approval. Maybe we need to actually start, you know, being a little bit different, you know, uh, and, and, and empower and cheer on and cheer for what God has done, because what God has joined, let no man separate, not Amen. even the in-laws. Yes, that's good. And and as a and so we've been talking to the in-laws. Let's talk to the bride and groom. I just want to encourage you guys to have the courage to unite together uh, under the leadership of Christ in your home there it is. and be bold enough to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and to do what you're called to do. Um, and, and like Pastor Chris was saying, you can. There comes a time where you got to shut some doors, and you can do that in love. But you, you doing it in love doesn't mean you don't have to be forceful. 
sometimes you have to be forceful. You can be forceful in love. Yeah. You can love somebody and be like, look, you still need to not be involved here, and I'm going to shut off this avenue of communication. Maybe even for a season that would have to happen to say, yeah. I, I can't have your voice in our life right now because it's not the voice of God, and so I love you, but I'm going to shut that voice off, and then after we've grown in our stable, we can reopen that door. Yeah. You, some people, I could never do that. Do you want your marriage to succeed? Mm. Fight for it. Yeah, you've got to put that marriage first. Yep, that's so good. Um, You you really do got to cleave. You got to say, all right, here we go. I'm jumping off the cliff. Uh, I'm I'm leaving the trapeze. Maybe a trapeze is a better analogy. This trapeze of, okay, I've been swinging on this one of, you know, I'm I'm not married. But now I'm married. So I've got to let go of this trapeze and I'm flying through the air. And there is this scary, like, in-between of that cleaving that happens, right? And sometimes that's it quick and easy and other times that's a long process. But I'm in the air, and I've left the trapeze of just mom and dad, and depending on that. And I'm, I'm looking to Jesus to catch me now. Jesus, be the head, be the leader. I need you to lead me well in this marriage. Now I'm grabbing onto the trapeze of I'm a spouse now, and I'm called, mm. according to Ephesians 5, to submit to now to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I love yeah. that you brought this in. Be intentional in our marriages to submit to the headship of Jesus, because Jesus would never ask you to dishonor your mother and father. Exactly. He would never yeah. ask you to do anything that would, you know, uh, wreck these things. Um, he, obviously, sometimes, you know, that there's there's places where I've seen couples that want to follow Christ and have a different faith than their father, you know, mm-hmm. and, and their mother previously, and sometimes there there are times of separation. But Christ is, is all about reconciliation and yes. all about family. So when you follow Christ together, you can be assured that He is working together those things. And I've watched, you know, in-laws and family members who previously couldn't get on board with a couple's decision to be a husband and wife. Um, and, but they were they honored God, and like the word proved out to be true, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And all of a sudden, the Lord begins to just turn the hearts. And so definitely cling to Jesus and let Jesus lead you in your marriage, and that's, that's going to produce that cleaving that you want to have. Yeah, it's powerful. Man, there's a lot in marriage right from the very beginning of the Word of God. It's, yes. it's incredible. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll switch uh, uh, topics a little bit. Uh, one of the things that jumped out at me, Pastor Chris, was actually there was a few things, but one of the things was on the very beginning of the chapter, it says uh, on the seventh day in verse 7, God ended his works which he had done. He rested on the seventh day from all his works which he had done. Then he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which he had done. Mm. Uh, so that's verses 2 and 3. There, this is such an that that is in there, and it kind of it's a quick couple of verses, and then we move on, and we're talking about other things right away. But God always comes back to those two verses. Yeah, He created, uh, He did that to set an example. What God was doing, it's one of those things that a leader will do. A leader will set an example, and maybe not maybe not draw a lot of attention to it. Mm. And he'll kind of want you to say, "Look, I, I just modeled something for you there. Did you catch that?" And yep. then later on, he he comes up, you know, in the law, and he says, "Look." I'm going to make it a law that you've got to rest at least one day, because otherwise you'll work yourself to death, <laughs> and I want you to trust me as your provider. Mm. That was the tone that he was setting. Yep. Uh, and But then we move into the New Covenant, and we see something even more uh, incredible. When you go to Hebrews chapter 4, um, the writer of Hebrews references these exact verses, and he says, look, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And so the writer of Hebrews goes on to say that God was finished with all of his works. Everything that God did, he finished and was done. So everything that we're seeing happen today, all the things that it looks to us like it's new and it's just happening, God already did it. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's it's hard to get your mind around because God is outside of the time that he has created for us to live in. But in our our call now is to refer back to this Sabbath concept and this idea of resting in God's 
completed work that is finished in Christ Jesus and living in that rest every day. Uh, we're not in the Old Testament anymore where the Sabbath is a day, and even the religious leaders in, in Jesus' time, he got frustrated with them because they were beating people over the head with the religious law of the yep. Sabbath. And yep. he, he said, that's not what this is for. The, the law of the Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man to rest in. And as New Covenant believers, we're called to rest in the Sabbath every day. Wow. To live in that. And Come it on. says, be diligent to enter that rest, lest any of you seem to fall short of it. Diligent. God is very <laughs> certain that if we're going to strive in the New Covenant, if we're going to work for anything in the New Covenant, it's to be diligent to enter His rest. Yeah. And living in a place of rest every moment of every day, it's a different concept than this one-day thing. Wow. And, it, and it's the foundation of really what we're supposed to be doing as New Covenant believers all the time, but it can be hard for us to get our minds around because we're always striving for stuff. Man, that is so good, Pastor Mark. Um, you know, it makes me think again, and the Pharisees were good at this, and so are we. We're, we're, we're often, we need a little bit of a pharisectomy ourselves, <laughs> um, <laughs> to quote a great author, uh, of practicing a rule and missing the spirit of it mm. and missing the, 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 the heart behind it. That Sabbath would be a lifestyle, that Sabbath would be a mindset of understanding how to rest and not worry. Because, you know, we could we could follow this to the letter. All right, I'm going to work, you know, for me, for example, I'll just take myself. I've got four jobs, and it's not easy to take a day off. If I'm off from one of those jobs, it still never is inevitable that one of those other three jobs is going to come crashing into my day off. And I'm answering requests, and I'm doing stuff, and I'm working on music, or whatever that looks like. And I'm like, man, I really got, I got to pull back. I got to rest from all my works like God did. But the, the concept is, is if I just took that one day off, but in my mind, I'm not at rest. I'm not, I'm not actually trusting God that things are going to work out, that, you know, the people that I don't get to respond to on this day are going to be okay. And the earth's not going to fall apart and Rome isn't going to burn down. And, you know, all those things Uh, I'm tempted, you know, I can be a workaholic like the best of them. And I'm definitely in recovery, so to speak from that mindset. And God made us to work. It was actually in our original design before the fall for men to work and to work hard and enjoy their labor. So, and I do love to work and I know you feel the same way. It's so awesome to do something useful. Um, But there is a mindset of striving that we think, oh, if I just take and I pull back for a day, man, our minds are still going through chaos and turmoil, and I'm still worried about the stuff. That's not Sabbath. I am not living there. And that's why Paul said the only thing you should ever strive for is to rest, to actually trust in the fact that what he did is enough, that God's your provider. My boss is not my provider. My paychecks are not my provider. My tip jar is not my provision. My father is my provision, and what I'm doing is I'm working from rest. Yes, It's the same—it's a concept that we've shared before similarly that— when you fight in a struggle, you could either fight for a victory, which is a one way to think, or you can remember that, that the Bible says that he has made us to be more than conquerors. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph because the victory has already been pre-promised. So now I'm fighting from victory. So I still fight, but my mindset is totally different. I'm at peace. I'm like, I'm not worried because God is on my side. And if God is for me, who could be against me? I will not be defeated. He is yeah. an undefeated God. So it's a similar concept of that mindset of trusting in the finished work of God, that we can actually rest and know it's not being lazy. It's not being lackadaisical. It's being at peace. It's yes. that shalom. It's that it's that wholeness to go, I am working from a place of not having to strive for myself, but I trust in my Father. And I think one of the ways that I catch it in my life is, you know, I'm, I'm working, I, and I and I here, you've probably had this thought process, I've got to get this done. I've got to make this happen. I've got to get this done. And so then that, that striving mindset begins to happen, and now you're racing against the clock, and you're feeling anxiety about yeah. getting there. And, well, are you saying that I don't need to get the job done? That's what I'm being 
paid to do. Now, I still need to get the job done. But the, the, the rest mindset, the Sabbath mindset of getting that job done is, Lord, I thank you that you have already done a finished work and that I can rest in you, that you give me peace for my soul. And so now you're showing me how to get this job done. Yes. You're, you're, you have the wisdom and the insight for me to be able to do this efficiently and to do it well, and I can do it from rest. Can you imagine getting the same job done but not feeling anxiety or stress? That's awesome. That's the concept that yes. we're trying to get across. That's what, that's what God wants us to know is available to us. Get, you can do the work of the kingdom and be at rest mm-hmm. while you're working hard. That's so good. Your mind, I love the picture you paint. Your mind can be at rest even though you're working hard to, yep. do some thing, to do things in the kingdom of God. You look at guys like Paul and the people who built the church, and they went through things that were not restful. Mm. You know, sometimes the only time they stopped was because they got thrown in jail. That's right. And they, they, <laughs> That was the only break they got. <laughs> the only break they got. And that was anxiety-producing because they were being beaten and, and things like that, but they were still at rest because mm. they knew that—, that that God was the one really doing the work. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's the one doing the work. It's incredible if we can get that in our minds and change your life. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531, Barfield Contracting. Treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, The Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Welcome back to the show. We're so glad you guys are back. You know, we were talking just a minute ago, Pastor Chris, you brought up the idea of, of working, um, but even we were given an assignment even before there was really work. And, That's and right. And doing air quotes. Absolutely. See, work is an expression of worship. God literally created man before the fall, right? Some of us think, oh, having a job is part of the curse, you know? <laughs> no, it's actually part of the de- design of God. God yeah. works. Yes. And God, God enjoys his labor, and he looks at it, and he goes, that was good. 
And he actually wants you and I to actually enjoy our labor and go, man, that was good. I did that in fellowship with God. And so quick example, and then we'll close. A man was pushing carts in at Target one time, and I saw him, and he had just the greatest attitude. He greeted me, and I said, man, you're doing a great job. Uh, thanks for your attitude. And he goes, I said, uh, he goes, I'm working for somebody else. And I said, oh, you must be working for God. And he smiled, and he said, yeah, that's right. Here's a Target man pushing carts in. But his mindset is, what I'm doing today is going to bless people, and because of my attitude of thankfulness, it's going to bless God. So no matter where you're driving to work today or what you're doing or what your assignment looks like, if whatever you do, according to Colossians 3.23, you do as unto the Lord, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward, you can worship while you work. You can do any task that God assigned you to, any assignment from, from mighty to mediocre and menial can be an act of worship. And so we just encourage you today, you know, whatever that looks like, whatever God puts in front of you, whoever he puts in front of you to serve or work for or work with, let's make it an act of worship. Let's make the Father smile by our work ethic. Let's let's think about our undercover boss, Jesus, who sees all the stuff that we do, and let's make him smile. I thank you, Lord, for being there to strengthen us as we work today, and that what we set our hand to does prosper, that you've gone before us, you've equipped us us with wisdom uh, for everything that we need to do to do it for your glory and to do it with excellence and to be well rewarded. Go get it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Peace. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.